Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Lachaz, and you're listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Well, I just thank you for today, and just thank you for blessing us and watching over us and allowing us to be your children. And Lord, I also just thank you for... Just the stuff you've given us in, helping us move forward in life so that we don't fall or stumble. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, amen. All right, so this morning we're continuing our study in Second Peter. We're in chapter 2 and verse 18. So can I get a volunteer to read from verse 18 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, Kyla. It says... For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in the air, who live in air. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed it, having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Okay. So we're going to open the floor to you guys first to share what the Holy Spirit's given you or is ministering to you for us and for the listeners. And then also to ask any questions that you have. Okay, well, I would kind of like to talk about the first 18, first verse 18. Recently, it was a, it's a premise that the Lord has been teaching me about, and it was something I saw just this week. Um, I had to give a debate for my public speaking class, and just the topic itself was ungodly. But even though the research, I, w- I was just dumbfounded because the research proves that this topic is bad for you. But how many people were still like, that's okay. I don't care if it literally kills me. They're willing to believe that because that's their lust. And I didn't win the debate not because my argument wasn't strong but it was also having to combat their own lust and understanding that's a concept that he didn't really understand before that when you're talking to somebody you also have to overcome their own prejudice prejudices or lust but and even how if they know what's right and they choose to blindly ignore it it doesn't go unnoticed by God, and it's not, oh, a brush of the sin, and how many people are willfully ignorant to the fact, because if you know what's right, but you don't do it, 
there you're accountable for it mm. and it's a it was a reminder for me it was like if the lord says tells me to do something but i was like i don't want to know that god just bury my head in the sand i'm still accountable because i know it deep in myself mm. amen so for everyone that wasn't there what was the topic uh the medicinal use of marijuana even though most people are recreational users okay and yes uh I can vouch for the the amount of research <laughs> and, and the questions and, and all that, and so yes, I, I can vouch for that. Um, there was a there was a considerable amount and all factual, multiple studies, but yet people chose to go after or to believe what they wanted to believe. So, yes. but and you brought up a great point in the if you know what to do, but yet you don't do it. Scripture, you phrase it a different way, but Scripture says flat out that that's sin. And and sin is a breaking of faith with the Lord. So it's it's choosing to be in opposition to Him. That you, So essentially what you're saying, whether it's in word or deed, is that, one, you don't believe the Lord, but two, that you're trying to say that what He says is false. It is inaccurate. And... Ignorant. Yes, ignorant. My, my favorite new made-up word, right? <laughs> Arrogant and ignorant at the same time. Proud Absolutely. of your ignorance. And, and but how many of us had that that experience? And like, I mean, I I know I did countless times. I don't condone any of it, but I can acknowledge, you know, where I was at it at certain points in my life and uh, about certain topics. And um, you know, thank God he he delivered me from all that and you know, gave me his perspective and, uh, you know, and it's taught me his ways and his thoughts and, you know, it's something I'm still learning, haven't arrived, um, but pressing forward and moving closer and closer each day. So, and we can all have that if we're, if we choose to, if we're willing to allow the Lord to teach us and show us. So, yeah. Okay. So that's good. Anyone else? Um, yes, I want to comment on verse 18 and 19. Verse 18 is kind of going into what Kyle says, but 19, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are sinned slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also is he brought into bondage. The Lord was just showing me that these scriptures are talking about how the people themselves who are telling you all these things don't even truly believe it. They have their perception of that this is the right way I'm doing what the Lord is telling me to do, but they miss it they try to twist it into their own desires of what they want the scriptures to say for them so they can continue to go in their actions and how i was talking about great swelling words of emptiness it just reminds me of the scripture that every man will be judged for every idle word we tend to say pleasant things to try to win people over and think that it's just good you try to make them feel good but what jesus said was that you're to help a brother in love. That's not always saying everything they want to hear, but it's admonishing them through love how to get back to Christ. Sometimes they maybe need to, um, you may need to talk to them a bit roughly for them to understand, but it's not in a nasty roughness. So do you mean you may need to be pointed in how you speak to them? Yes. Because um, we always have the opportunity to use our tone in a way that's loving but you may address a topic directly yes by stating just 
you know, using the direct words needed to address it versus um, maybe a more subtle gentle, way. a more subtle, exactly, a more subtle way. Absolutely. Okay. From a practical exercise, one of the things that I have found um, through some sales training that I like is just whenever you find yourself in a position to, to share something, of course, you always check with the Holy Spirit. You know, just because you see something doesn't mean you should say something. But um, it's just a real simple tool just to say, hey, simply, if I, if, I, if I had to share something with you that might make you mad or make you upset, how should I do it? And it's a nice way to preface a conversation because most people say, well, just go ahead and tell me. But if you, if you fail to do that part, then you didn't have permission to bring that information. And it's just a nicer way. It helps lower some of the barriers for the other person to receive. Mm-hmm. Amen. I like that. Thanks, Dean. What else, sir? What, what else are you going to say about that? That's it. I said something to say. Okay. Well, share it, sir. The Lord showing me on verse was showing me verse 18 too, where it says, For when they speak great swung words of emptiness, they are lured through the lust of flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually, who have actually escaped. From those who live in error. The Lord showing that. Like what Mr. Dean brought up. It's act. Sin's act. Most sin's accurate. It's not like oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Serving the saddle was wrong. But going. Oh yeah I heard the Lord talking about this. And saying okay. Guys this is wrong. But going. Okay I'm going to do it anyway. Just like inside of our house, if mommy or dad sets a rule, and we go, okay, I know they set this rule, but I'm going to go against it, that's still sin and act, being ignorant and blinding your own eyes. There's a difference between blinding your, blind, blinding your own eyes and someone else blinding it. Also, blinding your own eyes, you're also letting the devil to blind your eyes. Okay. You're not accurately setting up your defenses if you're a Christian. Okay, well stated, sir. Kyla? Um, It was something Bubby mentioned, LaCharles mentioned, actually, that brought (laughs) it to my memory. (laughs) Sorry, LaCharles. But how people, especially when you look at the world in society around us how many people look like they're living the great grandiose life but they're slaves to their sin and they are so willing to dupe other people and draw them in and uh you said grandpa uses the line misery loves company and if you can't be miserable all by yourself absolutely fun in that absolutely there's no fun in either way so they draw and entice people they plant this little idea and they continue to water it just how Similarly, how the Lord tells us we're supposed to sow our seeds amongst the sower and water them, but they use it for corrupt means. And it's in the little everyday things that they get in. Just like promise says, if you use the ostrich method, bury your head in the sand. I don't hear you, Lord. I don't see it. That it's not there, but it is. And as Christians, we're supposed to guard ourselves and be sure of what we're looking at and what we're meditating on. And 
be very pointed about it. And if you don't like what you see around you in the society, you combat it with the word of God by putting God in. And like these people, they escaped because they found the Lord. Not because they were taken out of the world, but the Lord was the shining light amongst all the darkness. And as Christians and believers, that's what we're supposed to be. Not little shrooms hiding or a little firefly hiding in a bush somewhere. But we're supposed to be vibrant lights. The light and the beacon to the darkness. Guiding those people safely to the shore. Not to crash upon the rocks. Layla? Oh, sorry, Mom. You no. Say um, Layla, did you have something you wanted to say? I'll, I'll come back to it. <laughs> I can wait. Oh, well, no, it's okay, beloved. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, in that case. um just the ending of verse 20 where it says um they are this is talking about people that have escaped their sins finding the lord they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter end is worse for them than the beginning i just thought about when jesus was teaching his disciples about the unclean spirits Mm-hmm. Where it said, and um, you can find this in Matthew twelve um, forty five. He says, "Well, we'll read through forty from forty three to forty five, so you get the whole picture." When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finds none. Then he says, "I will return to my house from which I came." And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be also with this wicked generation. Um, I'm not saying people are demon-possessed, but let's be real. If you're without God, there's only one logical answer where you are and who you're serving. So, like Kyla said, to escape that, you do need to find God. And it's not like, God, I just need you for this one moment. It's got to be genuine and true because they said the man with the unclean spirit that was cast out said, God, I need you for this moment. But he wasn't filled. And that's why the last state was worse than the first. So when you find God, don't just do it for the moment and go, I just need you for the second, Lord, and then get back in your box and let me live how I want to live. The last state is worse than the first. Um, Just scaling it down for maybe children. um, I know my siblings and I can relate to this. You don't know that you're not supposed to jump on the couch, right? You go bouncing on it, and then mommy and dad goes, you're not supposed to bounce on the couch. Okay, so you get off. And you might come back a week later, and you willfully choose not to obey, and you go jumping on the couch again. Well, the state of things, yes, they were more gracious at first because you genuinely didn't know but then afterwards you're held accountable so now you're jumping on the couch and you've got to deal with the consequences of that we don't jump on the couch in this house (laughs) just so we know (laughs) but that's what it's like with God he wants you to grow up and mature and to come to know him genuinely not just so that you can get out of trouble for a second not go oh lord I forgot give me mercy but Owning up to what you've done and then making corrections and changing it. Mm-hmm. Once you know the truth, there's no, there's no way. Even Jesus said this, that you are 
you are held accountable because you heard the gospel. You have heard it. So there's no excuse for you why you're living this way and going, oh, Lord, I didn't know. Because you do. There's a Bible. You can find it in Bible stores. You could probably find it in Target. But just because you choose not to buy one doesn't mean you don't know. Okay. And where does the word apply first? Me. Well, to each of us. To each of us uniquely and individually. Mm -hmm. And I say uniquely not because the word changes for us depending on who you are, but because you have to apply it to your own life. Right? Yes. 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 And Layla, you said exactly what I was going to talk about, one of the points at least. Anyway, so thank you. But as we're we're reading this, remember we're talking about being aware of what's coming and, and times to come, right? That false teachers and what will happen in that time. And so as we're learning, look at how I apply the word. How do you apply the word? How do you take this word and use it to sculpt and to transform your perception so that you are able to see and know the truth and to recognize it when situations come your way. That's the whole reason we have the word of God, so that we know how to apply it, how to walk with God and fellowship with him and communion with his Holy Spirit, right? Yes. Yes. It's not just to look at it and go, hey, you should follow this. That sounds like a really great idea for someone else. But for me, never mind. Okay? Um, I wanted to read these scriptures um, and the Amplified really quickly. I just want to get a little bit different. Um, Verbiage. Yes. And I find it delightful. Verse 18 says, For uttering arrogant words of vanity, pompous words disguised to sound scholarly or profound, but meaning nothing and containing no spiritual truth, they beguile and lure using lustful desires by sensuality those who barely escape from the ones who live in error. They promise them liberty when they themselves are the slaves of depravity. For by whatever anyone is defeated and overcome to that, person, thing, philosophy, or concept, he is continually enslaved. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world by personal knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, their condition has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them not to have personally known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then have Um, and then to have turned back from the holy commandment verbally handed on to them. The thing spoken of in the true proverb has happened to them. The dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow is washed only to wallow again in the mire. So, real-world application. There are many antichrists, right? We've already established that from first john they've they've already gone out into the world and the trick of the enemy is no different than it was in the beginning it's the same right did god really say that and talking a good game but the end of it was death for the the one who followed in that way so as you're looking and things come by to hook into or draw upon a lust or a desire that's on the inside of you. That's an indicator and a caution for the believer, right? Yes. To go wait. That 
those things don't line up with God, I need to go deal with this. And it'll be met, um, often be accompanied by, first it'll start off as sweet words, sweet and enticing words. Then it can turn into battering words, um, abusive or violent words to try to get you to do what it is that is the object. And remember that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? Who do we wrestle against? Powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. Is that a question? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then also remember, each man is tempted and drawn away. By the by own, own lust, lust of his heart. By their own lust. So if something is appearing before your eyes and you are intrigued by it and enticed by it, that means there's lust on the inside of you that has not yet been surrendered or dealt with efficiently. Right? Yes. And it's our job to resist. We are human beings. And because of sin nature, you may find that there are lust or desires that you didn't really even know were there. You don't know how they got in there. And it might take some time of you sitting before God to figure that out, where it came from, where it started, so you can cut it off at the root. But you're not to engage, right? Yes. You nodding your head at me, son? Yes, Mama. Okay. You are supposed to resist with what? What do we, what do we have in order to stand against these kind of things? The armor of God. The armor of God, yes. And the truth is included the truth of God's word is included in that armor, but that's why we have the armor of God. The enemy is where he is, and he's going to do what he's going to do. But your job is to not be duped, right? Not to be pulled off track or drawn away. Kylie, you said something when you were talking about the, the class that you were in. And um, we, we talked about this after the class, in the, in the immediate moment. You, how did the, the opening of the debate go? Well, so the person I was arguing with, she said... You were, we're debating, talking. my love. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, in the grand scheme of things, it was a very spiritual battle for me because there, I have dual enrollment students in the class as well. But the... Un- Can you define that? Um, students that are underage, they're still in high school. They're just taking college-level classes. Thank you. You're welcome. So they're there. There's actually a, quite a few of them, but also having to protect and guard so they're not exposed. And then having people that are allow themselves to be used by the enemy and to engage and to plant these nasty little seeds in their mind and expose them and harm them in that manner. Okay. What was the opening of your debate? Um, she talked about, we're just talking about the medicinal use of marijuana, but then she proceeded to pretend like she was smoking weed. And she was very, she had her camera on, we were on Zoom, she had her camera on and she put her fingers to her mouth. Don't be accusatory, just tell me what happened, baby. She was pretending like she was smoking a blunt. Okay, and she, she rolled her head back and acted like she was high. Okay. And she made it look very enticing and pleasing. Yes, to, 
to people that had a, a, a lust for marijuana, yes. she reminded them in that moment with visual stimulation what it would be like to have one more hit, what it would be like, oh, if he were smoking this right now, right? Yes, and she verbal, like, oh, mm, oh, I feel much more <laughs> relaxed already. <laughs> okay. It's not a funny topic. I'm just looking at the faces Kyla's making. Um, but that's what the enemy does, right? Yes. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You can pretty well sum up everything into one or multiple of those categories. And so the point for us and the, the whole reason Peter's writing to us is so that we are not caught off guard. We're not moved or swayed. But we recognize it right away. We deal with it according to the word of God and the provisions that he's already made for us. And we put it under our feet and we rule over it and conquer it in whatever perspective or angle that it comes from. Um, can someone look up for me Romans chapter 6, verse 16? Okay. Go ahead and read that for me. Um, it says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Amen. Amen. Whoever we yield our members to, our physical body, that's whose slave we become. And we've already stated there's no independent agents in this world. There's, there's one or two places to be. Yeah. Either you're with God. Or you're against him. So, um, be watchful of even the small things, be watchful. Always keep your heart before God, that it's always open and he is able to come in and go, hey, I wanna to talk to you about this. Hey, that's, you're doing well on this, but this right here we need to get under control because it's for your benefit. Um, when you think about uh, American culture, there were many people that pur purported to be Jesus right? Yes. Which is what I really, really want to get to. There are people that claim that they were Jesus Christ. And there will be many more that come and continue to claim that they're someone or the other. And um, Dean, John, you guys remember these, these instances. And mm -hmm. many people were drawn away after them. And one might look and go, oh, that man is so bad. He did these things to these people. But wait, there's a culprit here. How is anyone drawn away? By their own lust. lust of their heart. And then after that, they're deceived. Whether it's by their, like you said, promise, their willful blinding of their own eyes, or they've dabbled so much that now they are captured. So take that seriously. Um, counting the cost. We were talking about this beforehand, Dean. Is what is the, the full weight of what's happening? While it may seem like, oh, I'm going to get all the women I want. Or I'm not going to have to um, think for myself anymore. 
or I'll be popular or whatever it is. If you are going outside of the covering of God, what is waiting for you? Death? Ultimately. Stealing, killing, or destroying. Mm -hmm. Right? The enemy comes, but, but for those reasons. The only reason that he shows up is to do one of those things. So it's important that we remain steadfast, that we neither are swayed and pulled aside by one of these false teachers, right? Nor do we become one of the false teachers. Yes. Okay. Honey, did you have something? Yes, lots. I'm just okay. letting the Lord put it all in order. Okay. Um, and I guess the, the first thing is, is asking the question, does this just apply or is this just an issue for today? No. Do we see it today? Yes. Okay. And both are correct. Um, or Peter clearly wouldn't be led to write about it. But it's not just Peter that, that wrote and, and provided this warning to the people, right? One, it was to beware of the, the teachers. And these are, are false teachers and false prophets. But we have to acknowledge something just on that, that vein, if you will. These are people within the church. And that's why I asked if this was an issue today and if this was the only time this was an issue. And clearly, no, it's been an issue throughout history. What do you mean when Peter was talking? Incidentally? Yes. Okay. It was it, when okay. Peter was was bringing this up, the deception of false teachers and false prophets. It wasn't just in that moment, and it isn't just for today. We have to absolutely be wary of it today. But you see this same issue constantly bring its head up, as it were, throughout the entirety of Scripture. I'll just give you a few. Um, We'll start actually in the New Testament, right? Um, Peter mentions this multiple, us Peter, excuse me, the Apostle Paul mentions this multiple times. Galatians 1.8, right? It says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be under a curse. As we've said before, and now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be under a curse. And that's not the only time he says it. He says it again in Romans. Uh, Romans 16, 17. Now I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Turn away from them. To the point that Kyla, you were bringing up as and, and you, honey, about allowing something to give the appearance that it is pleasing or pleasurable. All right, we saw this in the garden as as a technique of a tool that Satan uses. Right, and we should not be unaware of Satan's devices. Paul addresses that again in Second Corinthians eleven fourteen, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. But it's not just there. Those are some New Testament references, but I'll, I'll also give you some Old Testament ones. Jeremiah 23. Uh, 
literally you could read the entire chapter. But we're not going to do that here today. <laughs> I'll let you study that on your own, please. Um, but it starts off immediately. This is t- Jeremiah 23, verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. All right. Therefore, says the Lord God of Israel, against the shepherds who feed my people, you have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will in- attend to you for the evil of your doings. And, and he keeps, con- and I'll say he continues. And it's not just that, but it's, it's the prophets, right? It says, um, this is Jeremiah 23, verse 16. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Don't listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision in their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. And, and, and there's, there's other references in there. But in verse 25, he says, I've heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor, as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. And it's not just there. Ezekiel uh, 34 has something very similar. Let me get there real quick. Uh, really, again, it's the entirety of the chapter, but the first 10 verses of Ezekiel is specifically against the shepherds. So these are what we would known, be known as pastors, maybe, today. Um, those used words are or titles are used kind of interchangeably. Um, but the role of a shepherd, of a pastor, is to guide the flock, leading them to, to a place where they can be fed, to bless them, to feed them, to protect them. And, and we've covered that here you know, in the past few, few days of lessons. But just, just to reiterate, right? But this is um, what it says in Ezekiel. This is, again, Ezekiel 34, this is verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and tell them that this is what the Lord God says. What are the shepherds of Israel who only feed themselves? Should not the shepherds feed their flock? You eat the fat, wear the wool, and butcher the fattened sheep, but you do not feed the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, healed the sick, bound up the injured, brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. Instead, you have ruled them with violence and cruelty. They were scattered for a lack of a shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild beasts. My flock went astray on all the mountains and every high hill. They were scattered over the face of the earth with no one to search for them or seek them out. And of course, then, then he pronounces uh, words and judgment against the, the flock. And, but I say all that to say this, right? Be, we should be aware of what is being taught and where it comes from, which is the exact thing that Jesus addresses in John 7, 17 and 18. He says, anyone who chooses to do the will, to, yeah, to do of the will, yeah, hold on, let me, let me begin that one again. <laughs> okay. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own 
some versions say, of my own initiative. And it continues in verse 18. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. There are going to be words spoken, whether it's taught, whether it's prophesied or spoken over over you, someone, as in all things, we encourage you, bring it before the Lord. He first speaks to you. You need to be aware of his voice, to understand, to hear his voice, right? That's also said in scripture, my sheep know my voice, another's voice they will not follow. So just because someone says something, whether it's in a teaching or it's a prophecy, bring it before the Lord. The Holy Spirit will take from the Father and reveal it, disclose it to you mm-hmm. where it's from. This cannot be done apart from. There's no formula. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much time you spend in the Word, right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes in Jesus' time did the same thing, and they missed it. They were there speaking face-to-face with the God of all the earth, of all creation, and they did not recognize him. The person that they claimed to have been searching for, and they did not see him, even though they were speaking face to face with him. They actually rejected him, they mocked him, and ultimately they crucified him. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about time in the word, but it's about purposeful time spent with the Lord in his presence letting the Holy Spirit reveal himself to you through his word. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying is, and what we're not saying, we're not saying don't spend time in the word. Spend time in the word. But when you do, do it with a heart to not gain glory for yourself, but to know God. When you spend time in his word, think of it as you're looking Jesus in his face. And then as you let the Holy Spirit cultivate that word, make it alive to you. That's you hearing the voice of God. That's him whispering in your ear and telling you how he feels about you, how he feels about his word, what he intended and what his purpose is for his word on the inside of you. Because like anything else in in the flesh, in the natural, all right? And Dean, I know you and I have spoken about this all the time, communication and how vitally important that is. Did you actually receive and understand the message the way it let's just say I intended it for it to happen and vice versa, right? That's all communication. Or did we hear in part and have a whole different meaning, right? Because it, while, yes, in the natural and, in, and just as we go about our day, communication is important. How much more so with our Heavenly Father and understanding what He meant and what He intended for us? How much more important is that? But how many times has it been misconstrued? Has it been misinterpreted? And what is that coming from? Yeah, and even if it's not an, an intentional misconstruing of the word of God, we're humans, and we don't think often mm-hmm. like what he thinks. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, exactly. and his ways are higher than our own. So, But even still, the Lord wants to make it straight for us, what he intends, his purpose, what his word says, and he wants us to know clearly who he is and us to develop that loving relationship with him. I just, um, in that same thought, um, I think it's important for us to acknowledge that um, sin can be very fun. <laughs> um, and God 
through unmerited grace, which grace is certainly unmerited, period, oh. um, may decide not to let us see the consequences of our sin. Um, but specifically, we were talking about uh, the use of marijuana. Um, I just had the feeling somebody's listening that says, well, that doesn't apply to me, or it really doesn't matter. But you need to search your heart as to what's going on as to why you're doing that. So when we're doing something to alter our mind, we're by default saying we don't want the mind of Christ. And so honestly sit with yourself before the Lord and ask him, is this something you want me to be doing? So we we don't seek to pronounce judgment on you in Not that, but we seek to encourage you to find out what God is saying to you and to be obedient to that and not be deceived Amen. by your own lusts in that. And I think I don't I don't think I'm ever going to find anybody that's going to say God clearly told me that He wants me to um, smoke marijuana. Um, and and if it's for medical purposes, there's ways to consume it without having to smoke it because certainly. There's herbs and natural remedies and all, so we're not saying that. But just if, if your goal is to alter your mind in that, which is ultimately the goal for most people that are using it recreationally, um, that's not consistent with what I believe God would have us do. So just encouraging you to just get before the Lord with that. Don't get hung up in um, hearing a preconceived message that somebody's telling you what not to do because that is not what this time in the word is this is uh some of what kyla was talking about we we don't want to be fireflies hiding in a bush we want our light to shine amen so we want we want to make christ more attractive to you and draw you to christ not to ourselves and so seek him out in this Mm -hmm. yes and so absolutely what you said is absolutely true, Danny. And this scripture would tell us to be sober, to be alert. I, I can't be sober and alert if I'm in a, an altered state. Mm-hmm. as an impossibility. Right. Um, and why did he say be sober? So you can stay on guard. Because, because the adversary, adversary exactly. walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Eat. I just, just really, you know, I, I've been there. I've made the arguments in my own mind, Right. And so, you know, say, well, what's the difference between that and drinking? And Jesus drank wine, and all, we, we could go all these rabbit trails. And I'm just sure. saying, just get before the Lord with a sincere, repentant heart. Say, uh-huh. Lord, I want to hear what you have to say to me on this, whatever it is, whatever you're doing in your life. Because if you're really honest with yourself in those moments, you'll hear from him. Uh-huh. And, you know, and he'll clearly show you because we all have sin that we're dealing with every day in our lives. And, the only way we're going to be able to be successful to becoming more like Christ is to seek him out and to seek his mind and, and let him speak to us through his Holy Spirit, through his word, through times like this and digging into his word together with other believers. Exactly. Amen. He's the one that provides discernment Amen. on what is true and what is a lie. Yeah. So Amen. it's a great point, brother. Thank you, Dean. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to pause there for today. Can I get a volunteer to to close out in prayer, please? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for being in our midst in these Bible studies, Lord. And just thank you for giving us your knowledge, Lord, and just showing us the right way to go about life, Lord. And just thank you for walking with us, Lord, and just helping us to do right and to be more like you, Lord. Let I also just thank you for giving us insight 
and knowledge on how to speak to the matter, but in doing it in love, Lord, without being nasty to one another, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.